Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about out-of-body experiences, the scientific search for extraterrestrial life, and biblical prophecies, which may have foretold our current state of global turmoil. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to catch up on what you may have missed from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Mitchell Scott Lewis back with us, been a professional astrologer in New York City for more than two decades, specializing in financial astrology and medical chart interpretation. Throughout the 90s, he worked on the floor of the New York Mercantile Exchange, became well-known as an astrological trader and market analyst. He has accurately predicted a number of world events, including the rise of oil prices, the collapse of the housing market, the 2008 stock market crash, which he precisely foretold within days of its occurrence, more than a year in advance. He also correctly predicted the last four presidential elections, and here he is back on Coast to Coast. Also noted author included Evil in the First House. Mitchell, Happy New Year! New Year, George. How nice to talk to you. I'm looking forward to this year. Am I hopefully saying the right thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're in a year of big changes, George. Uh, there's no question about it. And by the way, happy birthday to your son and your grandson. Oh, thank you. Terrific. It is remarkable. It makes it easier. You won't forget and you can have one party for everybody. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, we've, we've got a lot of changes, George. We have three major planets that have either moved into a new sign or, in one case, is about to. Jupiter went into Scorpio in November. Saturn went into Capricorn, the sign that it rules, just about a week, uh, ten days ago. And Uranus is entering Taurus in May. And each of those are major changes. They're going to affect each of us individually. And I have many clients, of course, who are calling me to find out, well, what does this mean in my chart? But in terms of the world, uh, we, uh, you know, there's a number of events that have occurred and are are occurring, of course, always. But uh, uh, the the uh, uh, the situation, the the Me Too movement with women, has a lot to do with Scorpio, because uh, that rules sexuality and the interaction between the sexes, and Jupiter entering Scorpio brought a lot of that to the surface. Now, Capricorn going into, I mean, Saturn going into Capricorn has a lot to do with the reckoning of things. Wherever there are issues that mm-hmm. where reality is a little shaky, that's going to be addressed over the next two and a half years. And the Uranus entering Taurus is going to have a major effect. Uranus uh, rules all technological things, and it rules uh, explosive and unexpected events. Um, and uh, Taurus rules money and values. Well, let's talk about some of those money and values. There are are two camps out there, Mitchell, that talk about the stock market. Some think it's going to continue going up, up, and up. Some others think that we're going to have a crash. Now, you have predicted market increases and and decreases. What do you think? Well, I think that there's still some growth in the stocks. But I think that by the middle of the year, we're going to start to see some serious volatility. For one thing, I think inflation is going to rear its ugly head this year. And we are heading, you know, last few times I was on with you, I talked about 2020, because that is really a a, a pinpoint year that when when things are going to come to a serious head throughout the world, uh, including, of course, financially. 
Now, a lot of people are interested in bitcoins and litecoins and all these other cryptocurrencies. This is the new hot hot thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, money, uh, and like I said, is ruled by the sign of Taurus. And Uranus rules computers, technological things. You know, in New York, I don't know if it's happening out, out west, but in New York, more and more restaurants and stores aren't taking cash anymore. Just they, credit cards. Yeah, they refuse to take cash. Uh, um, in fact, I'm up in Boston right now, freezing to death. Oh, I'm, I'm in St. Louis right now, Mitchell. It's oh. it's minus degrees. Tonight. That's what it, that's what we got here. It's absolutely insane. Thank yeah. God, it's a giant dog my brother has who likes to sleep in the bed. Down there. <laughs> so I, I have a little warmth. Keeps there. it warm for you. But uh, David told me, my brother told me that uh, at the garden they won't take cash anymore. Now, I would hope they would put a sign up before you go in and start buying things, because what if you do and you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have a credit card? I know. And, well, they expect everybody to do this. Now, here's the interesting thing. If, the, if all you use is credit cards and debit cards, well, then obviously everybody knows where you spend and they can track you and whatever. They have mm-hmm. all this information. So they, they invented bitcoins in part to prevent that. It's an anonymous uh, way of handling money. Uh, it's not controlled by anybody or anything, which is a mixed blessing, of course. And now in Australia last week, the, the, main, the four main Australian banks closed, froze the accounts of people who have bitcoins. Well, how could they do that? Well, that's the Australian rules. I don't know. But that's an interesting thing is they start to to uh, uh, to have more and more of these cryptocurrencies and there's no control. Well, they're going to start to put control in, mm-hmm. which, of course, defeats the purpose of having the bitcoins to begin with. Right. Bitcoins scare me right now. I, oh, I, they I, should. They're too volatile. Look, George, I, you know, I, I'm not going to tell anybody to buy or sell anything. That's not I'm nobody's hiring me to be their investment counselor. But I think bitcoins are uh, a bubble. I think they are going to do exactly. In 1980, the Hunt brothers tried to corner the silver market, and it they fell apart on them. Right. What happened was the the, the 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 federal government stepped in and said, "Well, that's it. We're changing the rules of margin," and it went from I think sixty dollars an ounce to ten dollars an ounce overnight. Now, if you got out in time, you made a fortune. If you were stuck with it, you lost everything. Yeah. That's what I'm concerned with with Bitcoins. I don't see any any way, and we don't know who owns Bitcoins. We don't even know who actually invented it, who created it. This theory's out there. Uh, but I have the charts of all of these things. I'm, I've been really studying this stuff. I want to see exactly through the astrology what these, these commodities are going to do, what they're going to be. They're starting to trade. Bitcoins just had an, I, an ICO, not an IPO. Um, and... Uh, in all of these charts, in bitcoins and litecoins, uh, I'm seeing serious volatility and an uncontrolled. You, you know, a lot of people are telling me they can't get their money out of bitcoins. That's and, scary. Yeah, and this is what I'm concerned with. A lot of people are calling me. What should we do? What do you think of bitcoins? And I tell them that you know, if you have a few thousand dollars you can afford, and you feel like taking a shot. Absolutely, give it a shot. But if you make some profit, I would, you know, I would take it and run with it. Uh, and of course, had you bought it a couple of months ago, wow, what a great trade! 
But if I'm right, and more to the point, if there is no uh, control over it at all, well, then I don't know that you'll ever get your money out. And then it could just be a, a giant scam. Good point. Uh, the time to have bought it was a couple of years ago. Right. That would have been perfect. Oh, my gosh. Take the rise and then jump out. Well, you know, and if you look at the stock market, you know, ever since the crash, uh, well, since 10, since 2010, my God, what a bull run. Holy mackerel. Yes. If, just buy and hold. Just just hold on to the damn thing, and, and it just ran right up. Now, as Uranus gets into Taurus, this is what I'm looking at. Again, Taurus rules money and values. It is a fixed Earth sign for those of your of your listeners who do follow astrology. You know, I'm going to put all this up on the website, so you you know I'll get deeper into it in some articles. You, you know, please uh, go and 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 review them, but. Uranus rules explosive situations. Literally, it rules explosions. And when I'm looking at uh, terrorist attacks, things like that, Uranus is extremely prominent. Well, as it enters Taurus, we could have an explosion in our uh, financial markets, but even in the currencies. And this is why it's all getting a little shaky. Now, like I say, I'm not saying that the stocks are going to crash next week. I don't think they are. But by May, we may start to see some serious shakiness. Uh, and it may be as a result of certain things, of course, that are happening in the world. For example, I've got North Korea's chart here. That planet Uranus is going to oppose Mars in North Korea's chart in 2019. And it's going to be there back and forth for the whole year. Now, that's a very, very explosive situation. Obviously, if something were to happen in North Korea, if there really was a shooting war of any, of any level, well, the stocks are going to drop appreciatively overnight. And then, of course, as stability gets reestablished, the stocks will come back, back up. up again. Back up again. Let's, let's talk about some things for 2018, Mitchell. And I'll just throw out topics and you tell us if you feel anything or see anything for this right. year. North Korea, of course, that's that seems to be the focal point of a lot of people. Uh, Kim Jong Un today kind of threw an olive branch at North at South Korea, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm prepared to talk, and I want to send some delegates to the Olympics, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we uh, we want to work things out." I don't know if he's uh, tricking people or what, but how does that look to you? I never felt that he wanted to start a war. I always thought that this was posturing. This was a, uh, a, a means. Well, don't forget that, you know, North Korea is starving to death. And uh, they need to, uh, to basically what they're doing is they're, they're uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 what's the term? Uh, not kidnapping. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I can't just That's can't right. think of the word. Uh, but they, they are forcing... Uh, the world, including President Held Trump hostage. and China and everybody else, and Japan, to look at it all and say, well, maybe what can we do to stop this war now that they have nukes? Obviously, the only thing that he really wants is money and power. He wants to stay in power. So the world gets together, and we put together a little fund, and we call it the anti-nuclear fund, and you buy them off. Now, that, I think, is what his ultimate goal was. But, but can you trust the guy with no. a nuke and a missile? No, you can't trust him, and you can't trust the world's reaction to him. It, may, it could really be set off on either side. Uh, you know, if, uh, if another country gets too scared and overreacts, 
then you know wars escalate from from nothing. All of a sudden, we're in a shooting match, and it was, you know, a, a total mistake. I, I meant to go to dinner with you, and I forgot the time, and now you're having a war with me. It reminds me of Duck Soup with the Marx Brothers a little bit. Um, it's, it's a frightening situation, uh, but I don't see, I think North Korea's uh, going to try to pull it back. I think everything they have done, remember, they haven't shot any nukes anywhere. They shoot these rockets up and they explode their bombs and they turn to the world and they say, look what we can do. And, uh, you know, their chart isn't particularly sane. I mean, I'll tell you, and neither is his. I think he's he's very much a narcissist and he really just has been raised, uh, you know, by his father and the whole regime. Oh, yeah. The position that he's in. So there's not he's not really terribly uh, rational, but I don't think that he's crazy. I think that he wants what he wants, and he knows that if he shoots a nuke off, there's no more North Korea. Well, you know, he he killed off his uncle, and originally everybody thought, my God, the guy's insane to do that. But then I found out that the uncle was trying to get his brother, or his half-brother, who has been killed, uh, instilled in power and had gone to China to try to get Chinese support. And as someone from China called Kim and told him, hey, your uncle's here trying to get you out, right. and so he uh, he basically killed him for treason. Right. Now, I'm not well. saying that's justified by any means, but it wasn't a, like a lunatic. You know, somebody originally had said that either the uncle had said something bad or something. No, he was he, he was trying to get him out. George, go back to the Roman Empire. Isn't this how, how the, you know, I mean, this is how power works, especially within families. How, you know, how bizarre. This is why I prefer a democratic society. I mean, you know. Even with that, it's a little questionable sometimes. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.